Welcome to Win the Future, a podcast where we chat with folks who are tackling the most significant challenges our communities face today to make for a better tomorrow. I'm your host, Rep Roaster. This is episode number seven. Hey everyone, welcome to Win the Future. Uh, I am here today with the one, the only, Devon Ward, who is senior counsel to the Marijuana Policy Project. Yes, sir. And a lawyer extraordinaire. <laughs> and we worked together in Hartford back in the day. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we worked for the capital city uh, yeah. for a time, and that's that's how we met. And uh, yeah, man, we've been, we've been friends ever since, man. So yeah. thanks, for, thanks for having me. Oh, my God. Thanks for being on. So let's talk pot. Yeah, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk. A lot has happened in the past uh, week. Let's recap what happened from Tuesday from the election. At least there was an outcome in that election. I apologize if I miss any states, but at Marijuana Policy Project, Senior Legislative Council, I cover Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania as uh, my coverage areas in my portfolio. Um, but, uh, you know, being part of a, a national organization, MPP, Marijuana Policy Project, has been around for 25 years, um, and they are the largest marijuana reform organization in the United States, uh, and they've been instrumental in uh, adult use legalization campaigns. They, they led the campaign in Massachusetts. Um, they led the campaign in Illinois. Uh, so they're, they're really, they're the policy nerds who really know this stuff in and out, and... Um, and so with, with that said, you asked me what, what's changed since since Tuesday. Um, Montana went legal, South Dakota went legal, and New Jersey went legal. And then a, a handful of other states um, had medical bills that went too. Um, don't ask me, don't, I don't want to misstate which ones, but a, a couple of other states went, uh, approved medical too. But the big, the big wins out of the night were, were South, South Dakota, Montana, and, and New Jersey. Uh, and so, you know, what that what that means is a lot of folks think that with New Jersey, uh, now that they've legalized, it's going to set off kind of a, a race on the East Coast for for who's next between New York, Connecticut, and Pennsylvania. Interesting. So, what's the landscape now in New England for uh, marijuana legalization? So, just this past year, Vermont, who Vermont had legalization, but they didn't have the sale component, they didn't have a sales apparatus. So like you could possess it, you could grow your own, um, but there were no dispensaries. There wasn't any, any sale apparatus. So Vermont finally approved um, sales. So they have, now they're, they're gonna start sales um, sometime soon. Maine's another state that had uh, medicinal, but didn't have sales. Maine sales started in October as well. And then Massachusetts has uh, been up and running since 2018. Uh, and so uh, the outliers, I guess the only ones who haven't legalized uh, in, in New England are New Hampshire, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. Interesting. So with Connecticut, how does the landscape look going into the 2021 session? In February of, or, yeah, February of 2020, Governor Lamont proposed a bill, SB 16, um, and it was the first time the governor had put forth a, a legalization proposal. It had support from uh, the then Speaker of the House and the Senate President. It, it got a hearing, the bill got a hearing, and the Judiciary Committee, um, really positive reception, and then COVID happened and shut down the entire Capitol and the entire legislative session got scrapped. So for the 2021 session, uh, where where I, I would imagine, and Governor Lamont said as much publicly that he's he's gonna um, he's gonna propose a legalization bill. Um, he'd like to have some collaboration with New York, 
So I think we're still trying to figure out what it looks like. Um, but I believe from talking to a couple of folks in the administration that it's going to probably build on or, or look very close to what he proposed last year. And so the way the bill worked that he proposed last year it was almost a two-phase approach where step one would be um, legalizing marijuana. So basically uh, you pass the bill and then let's say he passes it um, in the 2021 session. So let's say hypothetically it passed in 2021 session, which ends in June, July 1st, 2021, marijuana is legalized in Connecticut, which means, you know, no one's going to jail for possession. Um, you know, no one's going to jail for having traces of THC in, you know, their, um, their, 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 their system for if they're on parole or probation, um, cops can no longer, uh, you know, arrest somebody or even, even search somebody's vehicle because they smell marijuana. All those things happen, you know, once, once marijuana is legalized, but, um, the bill also, you know, in addition to doing legalization, it set up this this equity commission that really looked at, you know, how do we take the revenue from this industry that, um, you know, communities of color and urban communities have borne the brunt of and use that revenue to create um, economic opportunity and to invest in some of these these communities that have been ravaged by the war on drugs. And so that question is a really complicated question. So what the bill did is it, it set up this equity commission that, um, has a bunch of different folks on it to come together to kind of really figure out what Connecticut's marketplace looks like and how do we how do we address the social equity piece here in Connecticut and so and then they come back in 2022 make those recommendations to the legislature the legislature turns them into law and then hopefully legal legal sales start either late 2022 or or early 2023 uh, so it's almost like a two two tiered approach um, and and I'm hearing that's that's kind of how the governor is is looking to do it um i'm not sure if you know the other consideration is to try to do maybe a bill where it all gets it done in one one shot you know you you legalize and you set up the framework um and you know under that model you generate the most revenue very quickly um but there's other ways to generate revenue and and, and do everything so it's it's still kind of a gray area where we're in november now it's still unclear exactly how the administration is going to go forward with legalization, but we do know that they're going to put a legalization proposal on the table for sure. So, And with that, revenue obviously is becoming an issue not only for the state, but for, munici- for municipalities in Connecticut. Can you talk a little bit about what legalizing marijuana might bring to the state? And- yeah, yeah. So, you know, funny you mentioned that uh, MPP, the organization I work for, just teamed up with UConn and the Connecticut Center for Economic Analysis and we, we did a study on um, the economic impact of legalization here in Connecticut. And what the study study found is um, over a five-year period um, from direct and indirect tax revenue. So when I say indirect tax revenue, I mean, um, you know, realtors, accountants, lawyers, you know, the folks who will be dealing with the folks in the industry, um, the tax revenue that they generate from this new industry, plus the direct tax revenue from the actual sales, you know, could generate around 900 upwards of $970 million by year five in, in, in revenue um, for the state. And then uh, in Governor Lamont's bill before, municipalities were allowed to level up to a 3% um, point of sales tax. So um, UConn projected that by year five, municipalities um, could could generate as, as, as much as 21 million um, by year five. And so, you know, that's significant, you know, for, you know, even you think about, you know, our, our former, uh, the place where we used to work, Hartford, right? If Hartford, Hartford could generate, you know, $3 million in, in municipal revenue from, from marijuana sale, 
um, that's that's real money, right? And that that's money that you can use, you know, to to um, build schools or fix your roads or or do anything you want with. And so it's really significant here in Connecticut because you know municipalities don't have anything but the property tax. So it's really um, it's really an interesting model to to try to give municipalities some some more uh, ways to generate revenue. Definitely. And let's talk about, uh, you know, sometimes when revenue projections are talked about for bringing, doing one thing or another, it doesn't come to fruition, but marijuana is one of those that has proven to be extremely effective and even beat projections in a place like Colorado. So actually on election day, Massachusetts came out and said they've hit $1 billion in, in sales. Um, and so, you know, um, a lot, a lot of places have have you know exceeded their expectations in terms of the demand for for this new market, right? And so that's why I really think you know Connecticut has such an opportunity to get into the marketplace, get in early, really establish itself as a as a leader in this industry um, because uh, the, this industry is going to happen no matter what, right? And it, and it's and it's other states are taking advantage of the jobs revenue, the jobs and the revenue, and um, and so I, I really think that, you know, it's an opportunity um, for the state. Definitely. And so Vermont and Maine being the two other New England states that, that have legalized, can you talk a little bit about what that looks like compared to Massachusetts? Well, yeah. So there's not, the tax structures are probably a little different in terms of, in terms of what they're taxing. But you know, Vermont they had legalization, but you know, Vermont is a is a, a quiet state, not a popular state. Um, so they were really on, you know, they were really heavy on the homegrown piece, um, and so they took, I want to say maybe two or three years to to actually do the sales piece, which they just finalized, like I think in October, so a month ago. And then Maine, same thing. They had they had medicinal, but but they just decided to take the leap and do and do adult adult sales. So. I, I don't know the tax um, rates off the top of my head, um, but you know it it's really encouraging to see kind of like this this landscape kind of shaping up in in New England, um, you know because New England New England has you know some some really good producers of some really great products not just you know and and that's this is the thing I, I tell people. Um, that you know the marijuana industry for for older folks the marijuana industry that you may have known in the 90s or the 80s like the pot you were buying from like in college and high school is not it's not the same it's not even the same game right and that you know if you were somebody who maybe um, experimented in college or in high school and you know you had a bad experience or it was uh it's almost the equivalent of like you trying tequila in high school and then saying i'm swearing off all alcohol before you've even had like a nice merlot right there's something there's really something i think in this industry for everybody whether it's um cbd for for folks who have joint pain and muscle pain um whether it's you know tinctures for folks who don't smoke um, and, 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 and would like, um, you know, some, a nice sativa or something to help them concentrate or, you know, someone who again, doesn't smoke, but who enjoys, um, you know, a cookie or, or a candy bar, you know, before bed to help them with sleep. Um, you know, and then there's just, you know, folks who, who enjoy using flour or, or, um, or any other, or any, any of the other products. So there's really something I think, you know, for everybody, I think, you know, there's so many different strands, there's so many different. Um, products and I think the thing is really 
folks have to really, you know, know that that landscape exists and then, you know, try some things out and see, see what works for you um, individually because, and that's another thing too. It's like, I, I compare it to alcohol. It's like saying, you know, I, I tried tequila back in college and I had a really bad experience and I hated it. Um, you know, but you may, you may actually be a, a really avid Merlot drinker. And I like to think of like the different strands the same way. Maybe you had a bad experience with a really um, high end sativa one time, but you're really a, a somebody who really enjoys an indica or really somebody who enjoys a hybrid blend of both, right? And so I think um, this is really, I, I, I like to make the analogy between alcohol because that's that's kind of something everybody can understand. But the reality is, you know, marijuana is a lot less harmful than alcohol to your body. Um, you know, you can't die from from too much marijuana consumption. You can die from too much alcohol consumption. But there's really some, something in this industry for everybody. And so I'm really excited to for folks to, to kind of you know, uh, tap into this new industry. No, that's great. Well, Devon, we're just going to take a quick break, commercial break, and then we're going to come back for the second second component of Devon Award here with Win the Future. Win the Future is sponsored in part by Connecticut by the Numbers. If you're looking to learn more about what's happening and why, check out Connecticut by the Numbers, where every number tells a story. Connecticut by the Numbers goes beyond the headlines across the state. The Connecticut news that counts Visit ctnumbers.news or follow them at ctnumbers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Win the Future with our guest today, Devon Ward. And we're talking pot. Let's talk a little bit about um, the difference between recreational versus medical. So Connecticut's had a, had a, had a medical program since, I'll say, 2015. Uh, Connecticut's had a medical program and, and, you know, the process with that is that you have to, um, be certified by a medical provider. So, you know, uh, a APRN nurse or a, um, or a doctor can, can certify you for a prescription. Um, and, and, you know, then you, you apply for a license from the department of consumer protection. Um, once you receive your, your temporary license, you can, you can go to, you have to register to a particular dispensary. And then you can go to the dispensary and, and purchase purchase products. Now, with a with adult use, you know you don't have all those all those steps before. You can you can just walk into any dispensary and, and purchase any product. Um, and so, you know, there currently there are um, thirty five states plus DC that have medical programs, and there are fifteen states plus DC. Um, that have uh, legalization, so adult use programs. Most adult use programs around the state are 21 plus, um, just like just like alcohol. So you can't purchase purchase um, you know products. Um, there there are some medical programs though that have like tough restrictions. So like you know Hawaii, which is which is a state that's near and dear to me because uh, I was born there. Um, they just authorize authorize edibles. So they and Hawaii's had one of the longest. Um, medical programs in the country. They were one of the first states to um, adopt a medical program, I think as early as 2000. Um, but they didn't have edibles um, and they just authorized uh, edible uh, edible forms of products for their medical program in Hawaii. Um, you know, and another, another cool feature, some, some states for their medical program, they have re reciprocity, right? Hawaii is a state that has reciprocity meaning. So if you, you come from the East Coast and you, you vacation in Hawaii, you register, you pay a fee, and you can you can purchase at um, their medical dispensaries as long as you show them you have a valid permit from another state. Um, you know, Connecticut, I, I don't think has reciprocity. 
um, within either states. Um, so, so that's that's something, right? Like, and and, and so uh, back, let me back up a, a, a bit a bit. So, in addition to doing a legalization bill, MPP is likely going to be um, pushing for a, a medical update as well here in Connecticut um, because um, you know things like that, reciprocity, just really best practices in terms of medical programs in the industry. Connecticut, you know, uh, since we passed our program a couple years ago. You know, we haven't done a reboot to kind of kind of recognize some of the realities in the marketplace and what other states are doing. And so I think we can um, we can try to do some of those things here next year. Nice. So let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the difference between having something having a program go through as a legislative measure sure. versus a ballot initiative. Sure. So there's only been two two states that have um, authorized legalization or adult use programs by legislature and those those are Vermont and Illinois um, and Illinois you know prior to Tuesday was the most recent state to legalize um, the rest of the states the rest of the the 13 or so states have all done it from a ballot referendum and uh, or a ballot initiative um, and so the, the difference is when you do it through the legislative process it, it allows you the process to really um, flesh out the details in terms of what the marketplace looks like what the infrastructure looks like set the tax rate etc um and and the social equity piece making sure you know that the money generated from this industry you know it it allows for people who who may have had prior convictions for marijuana or um or you know folks of color who may have lacked access to the industry because of capital or folks from you know urban communities that have been you know um disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs you can account for some of those things when you do it through a legislative process and really flesh all those things out prior to when you do a ballot initiative like New Jersey just did and Montana just did, you know, the question is really just um, whether the state, you know, residents want to engage in this particular industry. And then after that, they have to go in and do the hard work. So, like, for instance, in New Jersey, um, you know, they legalize, they, they voted to legalize on um, Tuesday, but it wasn't a self-authorizing um, ballot initiative. So they're going to have to go back in um soon and they're they're go, they're starting their work on Monday. Um they're going back in to actually develop what the marketplace is going to look like. Um and in the interim they're actually moving they actually have a couple of de- decriminalization bills in the interim. So while they're trying to figure out what the marketplace is going to look like in the actual structure of what the market in New Jersey looks like in terms of how many dispensaries, who can sell the tax rate, social equity, while they're looking at that, you want to make sure folks aren't still being incarcerated for possession for um you know, um, for having THC in their system if they're on parole or probation, if they live in public housing, not being able to be, you know, kicked out of their public housing for for use or for a conviction, um, all those things, you know, they're not self-authorizing just by a ballot initiative. And so in New Jersey, for instance, legislature is going back in and doing all those things. And so that's kind of the differences. I, in my opinion, when you do it legislatively, you kind of get it all done in one fell swoop. You take some of those policy considerations, you flesh them out, and then, you know, you pass a bill. Um, but it's tough to do, right? It's tough to do it that way because, um, you know, in states that have tried to do it that way, you run into the issue when you're answering almost two questions is it's not only a question of if we want to do this, it's the question of what it, what does it look like, right? So like when you do it by a ballot initiative, you kind of get that first question out the window that, hey, the residents want to do this, citizens want to do this. And then the next question is, okay, well, what does it look like? How do we set it up? And sometimes when you have those two questions at once in a legislative session, it could be a poison pill. And then the decriminalization component, yeah. how has that looked in states across the country? You know, Connecticut has decrim. We've had decrim since, I want to say 2011. 
um, here in Connecticut. And so it's decriminalized, which means, um, you know, you're not going to prison for, for small personal use amounts of, of marijuana. It's simply an infraction. You get a ticket. Uh, and so we've had that here in Connecticut uh, since 2011, up to 1.5 ounces. But Virginia, which is Virginia and Maryland, were, which were the two most recent states to decriminalize. And Virginia and, and I think Maryland, they did up to two ounces. Um, New York is up to two ounces. Um, in New Jersey on Monday, I was talking about their decrim bill after they, they voted to legalize. They have a decrim bill that proposes to decriminalize up to two pounds. Um, so... You know more than you know what, what folks would consider a personal consumption amount, but I, I think the way I look at it is like you know no one you know if you want to buy five handles of of Budweiser right no one's looking at you crazy right yeah. um, and so you know I you know kind of again that analogy between marijuana and alcohol you know if somebody has you know two pounds of pot like is it is it really the end of the world you know yeah. um, probably not so but so New Jersey has a has a has a proposal to to decriminalize up to up to two pounds. Um, but, you know, really around in the New England region, the decrim um, for the states that do have decriminalization, it's it, two two ounces is is about par for the course. So Connecticut's actually a little bit behind, you know, the rest of the region um, because we only have up, up to a, 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 an ounce and a half. So, hmm. so, yeah. And then what do you think marijuana policy looks like at the federal level during a Biden administration? They've committed to decriminalization, which means, you know, Folks on the federal level are are no longer going to prison for for you know possessing marijuana, um, and they've also committed to uh, rescheduling. So you know right now marijuana is a schedule two, um, you know which means it has no uh, medical or scientific uh, properties or, or uh, ability. Um, and rescheduling it um, would uh, essentially lift the federal prohibition. So once once it's rescheduled. Um, you know, you could you could see a market, a federal marketplace like um, like other industries, like for instance, like produce, where we we reship you know produce from places where they can grow it all year round to places where they can't. So like oranges from Florida or California, you'll see you know marijuana pretty much the same way, where you're you're buying it in places like Oregon that that can grow it all year round and grow great product and sending it you know to the East Coast. And so. Um, I, I, I believe, you know, that that the Biden administration and the Harris administration, Biden-Harris administration, you know, they, they, I, I would take them at their word that they want to do decrim, you know, Kamala, you know, Vice President Harris has hopefully, you know, learned some lessons from her time in California. And also, you know, she brings the experience of having seen, you know, when you legalize or you, you decriminalize, it's not the end of the world, you know. And, and so that that I think is another thing when you're talking about the landscape you know, changing with Vermont and Maine and Massachusetts now going into its third year of adult sales is some of the arguments that folks had for voting against legalization, like, you know, that we were, you're just going to have, you know, a bunch of potheads roaming the streets high and, and people getting in all sorts of accidents and people selling at schools. And it just, it just hasn't come to fruition in, in, you know, places like Colorado, Oregon, Colorado actually, they're consistently ranked as one of the best economies in the country. You know, they have one of the highest um, GDP rates uh, in the country. Uh, and then, you know, you don't even have to look to Colorado. You can look at Massachusetts um, just over the border here in Connecticut, and you could see the sky hasn't, you know, fallen out because they've decided to go ahead with legalization. So um, so I, I, I think in a Biden-Harris administration, you know, her being able to draw off those lessons in California, 
um, you know, and in her experience with criminal justice reform, uh, where I think the marijuana industry is anxiously and uh, anticipating the being in office and being able to move this issue forward, right? Um, there's a ton of things on the federal level that that the federal prohibition is kind of prevented. Like, you know, right now every every marijuana business around the country is cash, which is a, which is a huge security risk and presents its own challenges, even in terms of capitalizing a business, right? You know who's lending to these guys to try to finance these businesses and get them off the ground. So, you know, even being able to have access to banking, you know, would be a huge, huge win um, for the for the marijuana industry. And it, and it looks like, you know, at least in the Biden-Harris administration, the marijuana industry has somebody who's willing to listen and somebody who comes from a state that has already kind of engaged in this and saw that, you know, it's not it's not the end of the world. Yeah. No, no, understood. Um, no, that's great. Well, Devon. I don't want to take up more of your time, but I can't thank you enough for being here. We can talk pot all night, man. I, I like it. I like it. What are any last words you want to give to our viewers about um, the future? I would say, um, you know, if you have a chance, please check out uh, MPP.org. Uh, we have a, a we recently did a candidate uh, survey for everybody who was running in this in the 2020 election just to get where they stood on the on the issue and you know look up your legislator whoever won your race the other day look up your legislator see where they are on the issue of legalization and um and and if they're not where you want them to be you know give them a ring and call them up and say hey you know this is something I'm in favor of I'm a, I'm a constituent of yours because that's that's the biggest one of the biggest impediments here in Connecticut is that legislators are like trepidatious. They don't really know how their constituents feel about the issue, and they don't you know they don't want to get too ahead of them. So you know the more feedback I think some legislators hear that their people, citizens, constituents in their district who support this issue, I think the better. So I would say you know folks watching, folks listening, that you know find out where your legislator stands on the issue, and if you're supportive, contact them and let them know. Devon Ward, Senior Counsel for the Marijuana Policy Project. Overall, great guy. Can't thank you enough for being here. Oh, happy anytime, man. Oh, well, appreciate it. We're definitely hoping to have you back. And thank you, everybody, for listening uh, to another episode of Win the Future. And please stay tuned next Thursday for another episode. Thank you for listening to the Win the Future podcast, sponsored by the strategic communications firm, A Better Campaign. Make sure to visit our website at abettercampaign.com backslash win the future please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts and share it with your friends thank you for tuning in please tune in again next thursday for another episode of win the future